Welcome back to Gut Talk with Jill and Jenna. We're sisters on a mission to help simplify gut health and help you live a more sustainable, healthy life, making gut health more digestible, if you will. I will. Hey, Jenny girl. Hey, Jilly. We are back with another episode, Woo! another guest. Yep. It was an incredible conversation mm-hmm. with our girl, Fiona, a.k.a. Fifi, a.k.a. Heal, Heal with Fifi. Fifi. She's a nutritional therapy practitioner, just like our girl, Jenna, over here. Um, but she focuses more on thyroid health, and hormones, which um, to all my girls out there, if you have your hormones down pat, good for you. Mine, I think, are (laughs) a slight mess, and it's very confusing. There is no hormone class we ever take. Um, For those of you that struggle with any sort of thyroid issue, you will probably feel heard and seen in this episode. Fifi goes through and talks about her own struggles, how she helped you know, cure herself. Mm -hmm. One thing that really stood out to me about this episode and Fifi will talk about this is the majority of her life. She did not have health insurance. So she was finding alternate ways to help heal herself. DIY, if you will. Yeah. If you will. Um, And she has been just really, really helpful with understanding how you can take your hormonal and thyroid health. And and your gut health. She's really huge into gut health. As we all know, it's the core of everything. And you'll hear that in her, um, in our interview with her. Yeah. So we understand the changes. Thank you. (laughs) We, we hear about the changes she made, the struggles she went through, um, things to look out for. If you think you might be having issues with your hormones or your thyroid, um, and even if you don't think you do, it's still a really informative episode. Um, so we hope you enjoy it. You are going to be able to understand what types of food you can eat to support your thyroid and your hormones. Um, she talks about her no caffeine journey. I mean, we really had an incredible conversation. We had so much fun and we're just very excited for you all to listen so as always um like subscribe Mm -hmm. all that good stuff uh giving us reviews really helps us yeah Um, dming us as always as we say we've get we've gotten so many and it means a lot and you're getting episodes every tuesday from us so let's we're putting that out there every tuesday we're really excited about it we've been uh jabbering long enough now (laughs) so here is our episode with our girl heal with fifi Okay, so you know this is a gut health podcast, so we have to talk about probiotics. Just Thrive Probiotic is the first and only 100% all-natural spore form DNA-verified and tested probiotic supplement. As a subject of groundbreaking clinical studies, Just Thrive has demonstrated incomparable effects on the gut and in its undeniable connection to the immune system and brain. It has 100% survivability. It's vegan, non-GMO, soy-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, salt-free, nut-free, and gluten-free. It is has clinically proven strains for leaky gut with nine other ongoing human clinical trials. So cool. And it's powerful for immune and brain support. So say goodbye to uncomfortable bloating, embarrassing gas, and leaky gut, and say hello to being regular and even clear-headed. Simply take one capsule per day after a meal or as directed. Capsules can be open and sprinkled on food. You can even bake with them up to 455 degrees. The perfect probiotic for the whole family And our whole family takes it literally. So you can use code GTG for 15% off Just Thrive Probiotics. 
Fifi, welcome to Gut Talk with Woo! Jill and Jenna. We are so excited to have you here. We're over Zoom. This is so cool that mm-hmm. we can even get together. Fifi, we found you through social media. Yeah. I think Jenna and you connected pretty early because you both are NTPs. Uh, um, yeah. And we've been obsessed with your content mm-hmm. ever since. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I am like so, 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 so excited. Yay! I'm nervous for podcasts, but I'm like, I feel like you guys are my best friends on social media. I've like literally never met. Seriously. Uh, I love that. I know. Same. It's, I was, Jill and I keep saying like, it's crazy how much you can connect with people over social media and like, we obviously do similar things. Like we all have, we have the same intention, I think. And so that's a good connection, a good bonding part too. And honestly, we're obviously new podcasters as well, but we found it's like such a fun way to just chat with people who we've been following, who we love, who we love their content. And so you're like our second interview and we're so pumped up about it. (laughs) Just a little note for everyone at home. We are doing this from home. And so if you follow us on social media, you know, we have a puppy named Mr. Duke and so if he might make a star appearance today so if you hear a bark or something ridiculous he's literally chewing a bone right now he's chewing a bone he has some doggy CBD so we're just gonna hope for the best Um, so Fifi obviously we know your story and who you are but we like to open up these segments with who are you in your own words and you know the journey you've been through but first is just like how would you define what you do and and who you are Mm -hmm. I love that question Mm -hmm. um honestly I don't even know where to start with that that's such a good question I would say like the whole mission of why I wanted to make a career change and go into nutrition is because I saw so many, so many people senselessly struggling with their health, like senselessly. I feel like I was talking about this on a TikTok live earlier today. Um, I know you guys are familiar with this too. Just like something as simple as balancing your blood sugar, just including like a fat carb and a protein with every meal. That is so simple. But a lot of people don't know about that. Like, Mm -hmm. I am blown away by, like, it just basic nutrition principles that should be taught when you're in first grade. Yeah. And we're not taught about those things. So for me, I started my social media before I, like, felt ready because I wanted people to have this information that is like, again, just basic nutrition principles that literally can be life-changing. And there's so many people struggling with their hormones, struggling with their thyroid, struggling with their gut health, which we're going to get in today, like how your gut health connects to literally everything. Like almost every disease can be linked to gut health. And there are people that are, are again, suffering senselessly and don't have, aren't empowered with that knowledge on how to like dramatically change the course of their life. So for me, I've really struggled with my health. I'm sure we're going to like get into that in a second. I have like a page of notes. I, don't know I'm like, I can't, I, I, if I don't write notes, I like I'm all over the place, my ADHD brain, but right. we're, I'm sure we're going to get into it. I've struggled with my health from a very, very young age. Um, and I don't want other people to deal with that. So like, that's why I like started my social media. That's why I do what I do. That's like the ethos of the company I run. And yeah. 
that's that's what I'm about. No, that's fantastic. So you're an NTP, just yeah. like Jenna, um, yeah. and and you focus on gut gut health, but you also focus on hormones and yeah. the thyroid, right? So yeah. I'm assuming, and I know, but <laughs> other people might assume that maybe if you're focusing on that, it's because that's what you struggled with. So take us through your health struggles. When did they start, and what were they, and like what were your symptoms too? Because one of the things we really like to do is hopefully call out like, hey, I was struggling with. X X, Y, and Z. And for those listening at home, if they're struggling with one or maybe all of those symptoms, then they can start connecting the dots for themselves. So, um, you know, take us through that a little bit. And before I get into it, cause there's a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm talking about a lot of health problems in my life. Yeah. Um, but I just appreciate what you guys do because I found a lot of clarity through podcasts when I was struggling mm-hmm. with my health, like in my early, early twenties. And I like, found a lot of answers through podcasts so I think this format is like really really empowering for people yeah um, thank you <laughs> seriously like yeah. it gives people access to information that they wouldn't have access to otherwise yeah. so it's really amazing and I feel like we're creating this little friend circle and whoever's listening like they're like with us and which is so special because it is it's like you need people to relate to and understand that like you're not going through this alone so but that being said yeah. Let us know what you've been through and tell yeah. everyone your story. So I feel like maybe I'm making this up, but I actually feel like I saw a post from you guys about being prescribed a lot of like antibiotics as a kid from yep. ear infections. Yeah. Yep. infections. That was us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and I make, I, I absorb so much content on the sure. internet. I'm like, where did I see that? <laughs> I also like was in a similar situation of like always struggling with gut issues. Like as young as five years old, like I remember my entire childhood having gut issues, but that was just my normal. But just cause that's your normal doesn't mean that that is optimal like my mom had IBS my grandma had IBS like I remember being a kid in the car with my grandma in the passenger seat and she's like pull over like I need to get to a bathroom like <laughs> and I remember that and that was normal like yeah. my circle like when that's all you know that's that was what I thought was normal was prescribed like a lot of antibiotics for ear infections as a kid definitely like over prescription of antibiotics for a lot of issues too um I can remember being on an antibiotic almost every year from like five to 20. Um, and I think that I don't, I don't ever think like when it comes to health issues, it's ever one thing happening in a vacuum. It's usually like a perfect storm, which I'm going to walk you through. Um, and then when I turned like 15, 16, got my period and my periods were excruciating like to the point that I remember like sainting down the stairs in my childhood home my mom's like five feet tall I'm like five foot eight so I'm like a tall lady and she caught me at the bottom of the stairs because I like fainted from period pain like that's how bad it was um and I just thought that was normal because doctors would say like yeah that's normal yeah (laughs) um, and you're like, great. How many years of this do I have left? Yeah, now? <laughs> yeah. Like it was, and to struggle with that, like at such a young age. And then I was like trying to get my license. My mom's like, you're not driving a car. If you're just going to have like these fainting spells from cramps. So then I couldn't get my license until I was like 18. 
And then, um, obviously like when I went to college, my mom was actually like very holistic and she's like, no, like, let's get to the root of this. Like what's getting, let's get to the root of what's going on. And I'm like, shut up. Like my period pain is so bad. Do not give me a fish oil pill. Like I don't want it. Like that's not going to even like scrape the level of pain that I'm dealing with. So I just wanted something that would like get rid of it so I could live my life. Like I wasn't, I was skipping school. I was skipping work. I like wasn't doing well because I was like skipping so much school for period pain then when I went to college I was like I can do whatever I want with hormonal birth control um I thought that was a godsend at first because it got rid of my period pain my acne went away but the way I describe it is it it was like trading those things for more things Mm -hmm. and I think like the pill is kind of marketed to us as like this one-size-fits-all solution but it's not symptom free like most I think the statistic is like 40% of women that go on hormonal birth control are later prescribed antidepressants and we know this like it's a known mechanism that birth control depletes so many vitamins and minerals like B vitamins magnesium zinc minerals that are essential to create serotonin so like it makes sense that um that it can lead to depression as well as like how it impacts the gut microbiome you did a TikTok. You did a TikTok on that recently, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yep. We pay attention. Yeah. And like, I had gut issues before the pill, Mm -hmm. but when I went on it, I was like, oh my God, like every single thing I ate made me bloated. Um, really dealing with mental health, really dealing with gut issues. Um, those were like my two biggest things. And, um, I was actually, and this is again, why I'm so passionate about like being on podcasts. And I think what you guys are doing is awesome. I actually heard, um, Dr. Jolene Brighton talk. I don't know if you've like followed her work. Oh, read her book. We love her. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Jolene Brighton, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the pod. (laughs) I love her, like her book and her work, like genuinely changed the course of my life. And I was I was on, um, at this point I was on the pill. I had been prescribed antidepressants for my depression, like was not doing well in school, like lost my scholarship because I couldn't go to class. Like it was not a good situation. And then like a very deep, dark hole. And I, I listened to her on a podcast and she was talking about, um, post birth control syndrome and how, um, birth control can impact all of these things. And it was like a light switch went off and she also has Hashimoto's, which I was diagnosed with. So I, and she was describing what she was going through. She's like, or what she had gone through in the past, like hair loss, cold hands and feet, um, fatigue, brain fog, like all of these things that we say is normal, but just because that's your normal doesn't mean it's optimal. And like a light switch went off and I'm, I went off of a birth control and antidepressant cold turkey I don't recommend that to people I think you should like talk to your doctor nothing in this podcast obviously is medical advice um but that was just the journey I took and after that I like started to really focus on healing my gut and at this point I had like no knowledge of nutrition and I was like I'm just gonna keep a journal of how I feel after I eat certain things which was actually like looking back I'm like I kind of knew what I was doing yeah I just started keeping a journal of like at this point I'm off birth control I'm off antidepressants I'm keeping a journal of how I feel after I'm eating certain foods um found I had issues with like FODMAPs. So for those that don't know, listening, those are like um, gluten, dairy, beans, legumes, onions, garlic. I noticed every time I ate hummus, like my gut would just be really wrecked. Um, So then I like went down that rabbit hole and 
Um, I've got my health to a okay place, kind of like DIYing it, but still not like really knowing what I was mm-hmm. doing. You know what I'm saying? DIYing it. I love that. So, <laughs> so when you're, when you were DIYing it, mm-hmm. which I'm sure there are so many people listening right now that are like, Oh, I am DIYing it. So good for you. That's mm-hmm. one step closer. Um, how were your periods at that time? Like you had, you had since then gone off of birth control. So were yeah. had they gotten worse again? They, so when I, it was interesting because when I, everyone's experience is different. When I first got off the pill, I didn't have period pain, mm-hmm. um, for like the first, maybe like three months, but then it started coming back like oh really, really, really bad, very slowly over time. Um, and then after making, after like a good year of making changes to like my gut health and like my hormones and eating more whole foods and processed foods, doing a low FODMAP diet, like kind of playing with things that work for me. Now I don't have painful periods at all like mm. at all because I've gotten to the root of what's going on like going right back to gut health so you went from fainting from pain to like yeah. not having painful periods with yeah. with no medication yeah that's incredible and, and it, yeah and it just goes to show like our current medical system doesn't really go into like what's the root like why like we're just treating the symptom we're not getting to the root like why are your periods painful well we have to talk about gut health because all of your excess hormones are excreted through your stool so like if you're not pooping you can't get out excess estrogen how are you going to have balanced hormones like it doesn't make sense and it's it's so interesting because last week um when when we were kind of talking about your toxic load and, and things like that, um, we, with Health Illy, she was talking about if you don't poop, like, that stuff doesn't leave either. So it's so interesting, like, how important pooping is. Yeah. I'll never forget, we were in the uh, middle of the pandemic, and, like, I remember driving on the highway being like, I don't remember the last time I drove on a highway, but I was going to uh, my OBGYN because my mm-hmm. periods had become so painful again after being off of birth control for... Uh, I think probably like a year and a half, two years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I went in there and I'm like, okay, they're going to test my blood and figure out what's wrong. And yeah, he goes, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, millions of women struggle with painful periods. Mm-hmm. I'll put you on this birth control because this one might might work better than the rest. And I'm like, might? You, you didn't you didn't do any tests like how do we know there's a ton of options and I left there so upset and Jenna was like yeah. Dr. Jolene Brighton has this book read it and mm-hmm. then decide and I started doing seed cycling and some other things um reduced like some things that I think were irritating um and simultaneously working on her gut health as well yeah. which yeah. is what you did right yeah and yeah so back track to there so you're starting to fix your gut health mm-hmm. and you're feeling so much better but again you, I know you mentioned the Hashimoto's so yeah that's in remission for you right is that what yeah you would consider it yeah um well, so technically right now like I have to get my labs tested again in February mm-hmm. but the last time I had them checked perfect like perfectly within range um and that again is like such a good segue to into um like after birth control, after being prescribed antidepressants, after going off of those and trying to figure out my gut health, listen to that podcast with Dr. Jolene Brighton. She was describing Hashimoto's, like the hair loss, the cold hands and feet, the fatigue, the brain fog. And I'm like, that sounds like me. But at that time, I did not have health insurance. (laughs) 
So I, and that was like a big part of like me DIYing it and like listening to podcasts because that was not like an option, like to get professional help. And so um, I just started to, and I obviously if you can go to your doctor, you can get tested. That's always recommended. But if anyone's in the same boat as me, I think so many of us want to look for a label when that label or diagnosis is just a name that we put on a set of symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I started making changes to my gut health, my supporting my, which we'll get into like gut health, supporting adrenals, um, focusing on nutrients and getting for my food, eating whole foods three years before I got a Hashimoto's diagnosis. And I think that is the reason that I was able to make a recovery. And what a lot of people do is they'll, they're searching for answers for five years, 10 years, 15 years, you get that diagnosis and you're almost at this point of no return because it's so, the disease has so far progressed and disease doesn't happen like in a day, in a month, in a year, it happens over like this, in my mind, this has been brewing since I was 16. And it's been over the course of like seven years. (laughs) So like, I, I just really encourage you guys, like for anyone listening that doesn't have answers or clarity or a diagnosis, like there are things you can do to support your health that you don't need a permission slip to do yeah I love Ooh, that. I got the chills and can you just for um just for everyone that's at home that has never heard of Hashimoto's or doesn't know what it is mm-hmm. what's like a really quick definition what what is it and how does it affect you yeah so Hashimoto's is an autoimmune thyroid condition the way I like to think of it is like stop hitting yourself like your body is is creating antibodies that are attacking the thyroid gland and over time the think of it like little missiles attacking your thyroid gland for those that don't know what that is it's a butterfly shaped gland in your neck I don't know if this is like recorded on YouTube or anything but I'm pointing to my neck um and so what happens is over time so much scar tissue forms on this thyroid gland your thyroid gland regulates your metabolism. It regulates your temperature. It regulates your energy. Like it's, it, it literally controls almost like every cell in your body. So it's very important over time. So much scar tissue forms that the thyroid gland slows down. And that might look like for people, hair loss, fatigue, cold hands and feet, poor, like going back to gut health, poor digestion, constipation is like really common or a combination of constipation and diarrhea, um, and mental health too can your thyroid really does control your mental health. So a lot of people with th- with Hashimoto's, um, for those listening, if you've been diagnosed with hypothyroidism, around 80 to 90% of people with hypothyroidism have Hashimoto's. It causes hypothyroidism. So hypothyroidism is an underactive thyroid. What's causing that underactive thyroid? Mm-hmm. These missiles being launched at the thyroid gland. That's the best way I can kind of like explain it. But um, yeah, did that kind of like, Okay. Because I think that's the thing too, is like, it's sometimes it's so overwhelming. You hear hormones and then there's so many of them and you're trying to remember what each one does and how they're affected. And, and then you go to the doctor, the OBGYN. And if you have a great doctor, they're educating you on what they are and how to support them. I personally have never had that happen. Uh, yeah. Maybe some people do. Yeah, maybe some people do out there. And it's like, we don't want to bash doctors. Obviously, they're incredibly smart. They've put in so much time. I think it's more so the system in which they're taught. 
Um, and you know, like if, if I need my heart, um, operated on, I'm not going to Jenna for that. So, you know, like there's a you time, better not. There's yeah. a time and place <laughs> for everything, but, um, we are definitely lacking an education system. You said this in a TikTok yeah. too. It's like, you, they want us to be repeat customers. There's, there's no one ever really trying to get to the root cause. And if you are a doctor or you go to a doctor that is trying to look for the root cause, don't leave them because that's fantastic. You just yeah. don't see it that much. It's like band-aid solution, band-aid solution. Um, and it's so interesting just the way life works and picking up golf. And my dad, I was swinging with him and he's like, you could do this. But if you do this, it's only going to work for a little wide while. It's only going to be a Band-Aid. You're just still going to have the same problems. And I was like, whoa, that's just like health. Like, mm-hmm. right? How crazy is that? So anyway, just a, just a thought there. But um, one thing that would be really helpful is how did you start, um, like, really knowing what to do? Was it when you went to NTP school? Like, were there other podcasts you listened to? Like, what helped you? Oh, I love that question so much. Yeah. So I love, like, I'm a research nerd. So I listened to like every podcast I could get my hands on. Um, but I found books to be incredibly helpful. Like we mentioned Dr. Jolene Brighton's book. Um, I like read that book three times and followed it with Mm -hmm. tea she has so much valuable information I think too um I actually got a dm about this today on instagram like I find we live in the age of information where there's so much information it can feel very 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 overwhelming and I would say 50% of it was like podcasts and books and all that was great but like listening to your intuition like how do you feel after you eat like dairy how do you feel after you eat gluten like what does it feel like when um like I, I even played around with like intermittent fasting when I didn't really know like anything about nutrition well every time I intermittently fast I get a migraine or I feel Mm -hmm. super super fatigued throughout the day so obviously that doesn't work for me like I think a lot of us are like looking for like what's the framework if I have Hashimoto's or like what's the formula the out like what algorithm do I need to follow for me to get xyz output and it's like it doesn't work that way because every person is unique like I could literally put a thousand people with Hashimoto's in one room and like every one of them could eat differently because we're so unique so I think like for me it was like really trusting my intuition and really listening to my body and that's the work that no doctor can do for you no nutritionist can do for you no dietitian can do for you because you like I don't like to even like position myself as like a thyroid health expert because like Mm -hmm. I you are the expert of your body Mm. today. Like you've been in your body longer than any human on this planet. And like when I'm working with clients, it's like my job is to like get to know you the best I possibly can. So I can guide you and and, like help you listen to your body. So you can feel empowered. Like I don't want to repeat customers. (laughs) I want, I want to work with you and then you go off and do like great things and you no longer need support because you, have the tools to listen to your body yeah I love that so much and it's so crazy because everyone we're talking to last week talking to health illy the first thing she said was like you like have to listen to yourself she was being put on medication she didn't want to be put on and it was her intuition and it's like you know you know when something consistently bothers you Mm -hmm. you know when something feels wrong like our intuition is our best gift to helping us now you'll have to go see people at 
some point, whether it's an NTP or a holistic person or whatever it may be. But like you said, no one knows the way you feel or the way you react to something. You're not sitting there being like, oh, she's getting bloated at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. Like you have to be the advocate for your own body. Yep. I love that so much. And I love how we didn't tell you to say anything. We didn't tell Health LA to say anything last week, but everyone is saying the same message because, like, that's the core. Yeah, like, well, that's the foundation. I, everyone... I, I wish everyone was saying that same message, but I don't think that's the reality. And I think that's where people get lost in translation is it's like Good a point. lot of people, we all, you know, like Fifi and, and myself, we may have a different way. I know we do have a different way of approaching things sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, it's hard because if you follow safe 25 people in the health space influencers and you follow what they all do you're actually going to end up way more confused potentially than you even started and this happened with myself and fee let us know fifi i want to call you fee i'm like <laughs> just nicknaming you all of it like okay, fee, good. Fee, anything i love that good. um but yeah, that's, that same thing happened to me. It's like at the start of my journey, I was following 25, 50 people and they're all incredible people, but I felt like I was getting so trapped in the noise. My mind was going all over the place. It wasn't until I unfortunately unfollowed some of them that I was like, and I'm not saying go ahead and unfollow everyone, but just recognize by us saying this, by Fiona saying this, like, listen to yourself ultimately because that is going to be your best sort your best message your best everything when taking into consideration what the hell's going on with you you know yeah so okay so we're you know in the middle of this podcast and people are sitting at home and maybe you're like okay this might be me i'm not sure or this might be my daughter or my sister or my best friend whatever can we call out some of the signs that your hormones might be off like that if you are experience, experiencing these things, this is a sign that I see every day. Mm, yeah. So <laughs> I, I guess like specifically thyroid related, um, some of the telltale signs of, and I'm specifically referring to someone with like an underactive thyroid, okay. um, a hair hypo. loss, hypo, exactly. Hypo and Hashimoto's, the autoimmune condition can lead to hypo because of, um, the antibodies kind of like interacting with the thyroid gland, but, um, feeling cold all the time, your thyroid is known as your body's, um, thermostat almost so it regulates your temperature and I think like getting outside of this idea of like this is how I've always felt so this is normal for me like normal and optimal are very 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 different um so temperature if your temperature is really low hair loss cold hands and feet especially um you feel like you have a if you feel like you have a really slow metabolism or you know like you gain weight really really quickly like that was a symptom I experienced um like gaining 20 30 pounds like that and I'm like not changing anything about my diet anything about my lifestyle things are exactly the same why is this happening um so though and brain fog that's like another really big one and I feel like so many of these things in society are so normalized you know mm -hmm. like I went to the grocery store the other day and I overheard like two of the workers saying like, oh, I'm just like so tired. I can't wake up. Oh my God. My brain fog is like so bad. Like my brain won't turn on. And then someone was like, well, that's just part of being in your thirties. Like, why? Why do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, right. you're backlighting yourself. <laughs> that's so it's true. Not, it's not, it's, it's normal for a lot of people, but I think like
this is truly the norm, like yeah. in the US especially. So it's like it's it's the same thing with headache. It's like I got my three p.m. headache. It's right. Like, what? <laughs> or the, the even like or the three p.m. got to take a nap. I used I'm guilty. I used to be like that all the time. And we know that that could be so many things, but like blood sugar issue. We don't need to go down there. But again, it's finding the norm because or thinking it's the norm oh it is the norm because so many people deal with it but again I love how you say it's not optimal like it's not what you want to be you just know that so many people experience it yeah I've been thinking about this so much recently I don't know if it's the launch of our podcast or just how like we're all like you said consuming so much of this type of content like not to be cheesy, but like you live one life, <laughs> one life, right? Okay, and, and that's already cheese balls to start with. with, me, with me. <laughs> Imagine living the majority of your life feeling like shit. Like I just don't, I don't, I, I can't fathom it. Mm-hmm. I really can't. Like I've even been struggling with some gut stuff recently. <laughs> Jenna gets so mad at me, but compared to where I was at, like though I was so sick, and I'm sure you feel the same way. If I would have lived 20 or 30 years like that, I wouldn't be living a quality of life that's, like, actually enjoyable to live. And we just, like, normalize it. Mm-hmm. It's the craziest thing to me. Um, I, yeah, sorry. Sorry if I lost <laughs> some people there. I just, like... Feel like I, you that, um, YOLO. that TikTok audio that I, like, do not agree with, <laughs> that's, like... If you, you know, if you, like, eat well and you exercise, you still die. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, yeah. you're not living. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that one. And, and it's, like, too, there's, like, some that are, like, normalizing, like, in the balance sense of, like, you can eat this and that. And it's, like, but if you have hormonal issues or gut health problems right now, maybe you can't, you know? Right. Like, it's, like, we're almost, like, because people are starting to be more health conscious, people are like, no, 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 wait, river. And so I'm with you. It's, it's hard. It kind of goes circles back to what you were saying about sometimes it can get really overwhelming. Cause if you follow so many people that are saying things that don't align, then you just feel so lost. Yeah. And that actually brings me to like a question that we did have for you. And we want to know, and our, our everything we do is like a starter pack. Like, how do you start? Because that's what so many people need help with, and I know you do the same. And it's like, okay, what do you start eating? Like, how did you start on this journey? And do you think that, you know, what is your definition of, we're all about the people that are like, I love that you guys, like, you know, eat really well, but also like have a good time. Like you can do both, but what is your opinion about doing both and how the hell do you start? I love that. <laughs> I literally just listened to your, um, podcast episode about balance. And mm. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Um, I think cause balance looks different for every single person. Mm-hmm. And especially if you've had like a literal disease or like some sort of really severe hormonal imbalance or like PCOS or endometriosis and you're eating in a way to support that, um, balance is going to look different and balance is going to look different at every point in the healing journey. Like right now I can be a little more flexible with what I eat cause I've healed my gut for the most part. Like I don't get bloated anymore. I don't really struggle with like constipation or like any of the things I used to struggle with. So I have more flexibility now, but if I compare that to like when I first started, I had, I had to be like a little more rigid with, um, like when I did the low FODMAP diet, like I had to be a little more rigid with like things that I was eating and things I wasn't eating during that like short window of time to then like add things back in. So 
balance is going to look different no matter what point in the journey you're at. But I think you asked, um, so I'm not like losing my train of thought. Oh yeah. Um, I did a double whammy. No, I like asked you questions. Jenna, Jenna told an entire story and it's through two questions. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no, you're totally good. Cause you asked like starter pack. Like if, mm-hmm. if I am struggling with a lot of the things you're saying, like, and this really res like for people that are listening, like that really resonates with me, but where do I start? That's kind of what you wanted me to walk you through. Okay. So first thing is gut health. Like that is the first thing I work with my clients on. And there's a very specific reason for that in terms of thyroid health, because around 10% of your T4 to T3, your inactive thyroid hormone to active thyroid hormone is converted in your gut. So that means you make your thyroid hormone in your gut. And then um, second thing is liver health. So 80 to 90% of your thyroid hormone is converted in your gut. So for those that are like, what's T4 and T3? T4 is your inactive thyroid hormone. Your body can't use it. So your body has to go through this like conversion to convert this inactive hormone into its active form. And to do that, it needs nutrients and it needs certain things. It needs certain organ systems to function. Um, so for gut health, like the first place I would start, honestly, is, um, you know, like making sure you're like, what I see really often are people eating no fiber at all or way too much. And I think it's like a very gradual increase Mm -hmm. identifying if there's any food intolerances or food sensitivities for people with high Hashimoto's, there have been so many studies that have shown that a gluten-free diet can significantly reduce thyroid antibodies. So that's in the research, which is really, really interesting. And what I've seen anecdotally within my clients is like that one change of going gluten-free, which again, in this case, not a fad diet, which is what a lot of people hear when I say that, like it's documented in the scientific research that it can help. Um, and I see a lot of people like their constipation goes away, like overnight from that one change. Um, crazy. That's yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And, and a little plug, if you don't know what gluten is, we have an episode about right. it called <laughs> WTF is gluten. So go ahead, go, go listen. <laughs> I love that. But, um, yeah. And go listen to that. If you're like, what is gluten? How do I read an ingredient label? Like what do I look out for? Um, and then liver health, like you're, I think what we hear in the media, like mainstream media is the liver is a self detoxifying organ. There's nothing you can do to support your liver because it's self detoxifying and it is, but it's not going to function optimally if you're not giving it the nutrients it needs. So if you're not absorbing nutrients, which happens in the gut, your liver's not going to get the nutrients it needs. And most people following a standard American diet are not eating cabbage, like are not eating broccoli sprouts, are not eating. Um, and, and again, like that's, I think partially it's because the education isn't there, um, why that's like missing in a lot of people. So like even just some foods people can get started on, um, the reason we're talking about sulfur is because sulfur is the precursor to glutathione. Um, and glutathione is a really critical antioxidant that supports liver function and anything that supports the liver is going to support your thyroid, your, your liver is where almost all of your thyroid hormone is converted. So sulfur rich foods, um, also sulforaphane are things like cabbage, onions, garlic, green onions, broccoli sprouts, broccoli, anything in the cruciferous veggie family. And I think, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but like in the thyroid world, I hear a lot of, it's very much misinformation. I hear a lot of people say like, don't eat broccoli if you have a thyroid problem. Yeah. The goitrogens, right? Yeah. And I was talking about this on my Instagram story the other day, like 
they have only done like one study with this 88-year-old Chinese woman that ate three pounds of bok choy a day. <laughs> and she developed like a literal coma where her thyroid slowed down to such a point that she, I forget the medical term for it. But what happened is we took that research from this woman eating three pounds of bok choy, which is a goitrogen when you eat three pounds of it. And we've said, don't eat cruciferous veggies. Who made that call? Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know, but I'm so, and that's another thing too, is like, even going back to hormones, like even if you don't have a thyroid problem, cruciferous veggies have been well studied to help with estrogen detoxification, um, which is so important for so many things, especially if you have painful periods. So, um, I don't like believe in cutting out. It's like, it makes no sense to me. Um, but also like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and if you struggle processing some of those things, maybe that's because you haven't worked on your gut health yet. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know people are going to be like, and we always get that. It's like, we have that broccoli slaw breakfast bowl that we are obsessed with. And, but they're like, that's a stomach ache waiting to happen. And I'm like, right work up to it there's different things that you can do but you also like don't need to go and pound the broccoli just to begin you know what I right yeah yeah and I think like I don't know if you guys have seen this but in terms of FODMAPs and for those I think we talked about FODMAPs at the beginning of this but mm -hmm. things like broccoli cauliflower brussels sprouts garlic onions um gluten dairy like all those are high in FODMAPs so a lot of people with IBS like my mice I have IBS um struggle with those things mm -hmm. but you need to get to the root of why <laughs> you need to get to the root of why and I see a lot of people go on the low FODMAP diet and then do it forever but you are stripping mm -hmm. your body of like necessary like for these fermentable carbohydrates that feed the good gut bugs so it's it's some it's tricky because different people tolerate different things differently but also like you have to figure out why you're not tolerating those things right yeah yeah I but, love that. Um, yeah and then I'm, I'm trying to go down my little my list of things that I would do <laughs> if I was if I was trying to find a place to start um supporting your adrenals is really important for your thyroid because we have an a hypothalamic pituitary adrenal thyroid axis which pretty much means when you're really stressed your thyroid doesn't like that <laughs> there you go break it down for right. us <laughs> that's what we all need yeah what about, what about um if i am going to the doctor and i think i have um a thyroid issue what are the tests you need to make sure your doctors are testing like are there things you can ask to get tested Mm -hmm. So that's a really important question because oftentimes when you go to your doctor, you're like, Hey, I think I have a thyroid problem. Will you check it out for me? They'll say, yeah, let's just run TSH, which is your thyroid stimulating hormone. And that alone is not giving you a full picture of what's going on. Um, and I think the reason full panels are not done from the get-go, like the default isn't to do a full panel, is because sometimes it can be an out-of-pocket expense. I think it's an insurance thing as mm -hmm. to why it's not done. I don't think it's because your doctor doesn't want to. Like, I think it's like more of a systemic problem. Yeah. But a full panel includes TSH, which is thyroid-stimulating hormone, um, T4, 
or free T4, I'm sorry, free T3, and then the antibodies. So thyroid globulin antibodies and TPO antibodies. And that's really important because I've worked with people, so many people where, oh, well, my labs look normal, but I don't feel normal. But yeah, yeah TSH is normal, but your antibodies are so high. And oftentimes TSH won't be abnormal until you've had like antibodies have been elevated for however many years. Yeah. So it's just really important that you get a full panel that you're advocating for yourself. And I think like you are not only are you the expert of your own body, but you have to advocate for yourself in a medical setting, which can feel really scary, but just writing down on a piece of paper, like everything that was just said, and then taking that to your doctor and saying, Hey, can you test this? Um, and if they refuse to do blood work, you can always say in a very polite way, okay, like, can you just mark that? Can you record everything and document everything that you didn't want to do those labs? So I'm not billed. Like you, you're allowed to say that in a great right. setting. And then walk your walk your butt out and find a new one because well, I think you deserve more than that. I want to touch on too, like sometimes they do it because it's a little bit pricier. And yeah. I don't know if you had this experience. We definitely did. Is a lot of times you try to save a little bit of money, which I completely understand. But what ends up happening is you end up spending a little bit here and a little bit there and there and there and there and there. And next thing you know, if you would have just done the test from the jump, you've actually spent a lot more money now trying to save a little bit here and there yeah. instead of going straight to the source. And I wish we would have done that earlier. Um, and there's so many people out there where it's like, I've spent X amount of money trying to get this worked out. And I just wish I would have committed in the beginning to like, like the full deal and that's not like a pitch to sell anyone on anything it's just like did you have that experience ever like um or do you see it sometimes of people being hesitant and then end up doing it at the end of the day and they've wasted nine months two years whatever it may be yeah well like I guess for me personally I haven't had that experience just because like a very large portion of my life I haven't had health insurance so a lot of it's just been like kind of figuring things out on my own I personally sure. have heavily relied on self-testing okay. so I've used and I'm like not sponsored by them or affiliated by them but sure. I've used yeah. like let's get checked I think it's like $99 for a full panel that's oh, very wow. helpful yeah yeah no that's that's great information yeah. we'll, we'll include that in the notes and stuff let's get checked okay yeah and I I think yeah you can I people don't know that you can do that and it's really okay. I've done it um and you literally like prick your finger you put the little like tourniquet in a box and you mail it off and you get results wow um, that's I great never heard I of that. No idea. yeah and there's there's a lot of companies like that but that that's the one I personally use um yeah. And again, like my journey looks a little bit different because I, I haven't had like access to healthcare my, for a chunk of my life. So oh. yeah, I, I think, but for people who, um, you know, like are having trouble getting that full panel, like you can also do your own testing. Mm. That's a perfectly yeah. viable option too. Wow. That's so, that's so yeah, great that's to awesome. know. I mean, clearly we didn't know that. Right. It's so. a, it's a, it's a DIY. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting how stories change like my gastroenterologist that I went to was like world renowned and world renowned or not having insurance it's so interesting how you can still struggle yeah. if you're not finding the right people who are looking to help you because either way like it doesn't matter how expensive or how fancy something is if they're not looking for the root cause and really helping you get your body back to supporting itself it doesn't matter who you go to, where you go. So I, I love that. 
Yeah, yeah. so true. So true. Is there anything we haven't covered where you're like, I just want everyone to know this? Is there, I know you have your list of notes. So is there anything we've missed that you think is important to share when you're talking um, about your thyroid um, or your hormones? Mm. Um, honestly, we could do like a whole podcast episode about hormonal birth control, but I do yes. want to just like scratch the surface with oh, that. Oh, let's scratch it. Can we scratch oh. it? <laughs> Well, no, whoever's listening, um, we're going to do another podcast on that. So that will be coming in the future, but let's scratch the surface. Yeah. I actually like screenshot this like article from the Cleveland clinics. They described it so perfectly. Like, I think what's really curious to me is how many women struggle with thyroid issues, but it's not as prevalent in men. So why is that? I think partially it's hormonal birth control. That's what I want to get into. So hormonal birth control, like we t- we touched a little bit on it of how it can impact the gut microbiome. Yeah. And my hypothesis is like, okay, well, in your gut, your thyroid hormone is converted. So if mm-hmm. something is negatively impacting your gut, it would make sense that that would impact the thyroid negatively. Right. Um, but this little excerpt from the Cleveland Clinic that I will read off says birth control or oral contraceptives containing estrogen, both estrogen and progesterone can alter that delicate balance of free and bound thyroid hormone in your body. The estrogen in birth control pills increases the amount of thyroid binding proteins available to bind to the thyroid hormone, which means you have essentially like less thyroid hormone to utilize. Mm -hmm. So it would make sense that that could lead to an underactive thyroid. So long story short hormonal birth control can screw with your thyroid and it's well documented in the research um so it's just interesting and i wish someone had i guess like a lot of and the reason i'm so passionate about speaking about this is because personally this is anecdotal but a lot of my health issues got like 50 times worse when i went on the pill like i had gut issues but then the gut issues got worse yep. yeah same with, same with us yeah i mean we have a and similar, getting off of it yeah and getting yeah we we didn't mention this earlier but i i know i cold turkey it too because, yeah. and all of a sudden i was like filled with acne and i was like what's happening like i thought and i was okay they give you so little information i got off of birth control because i didn't feel like filling my prescription right you're like Oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't need it. I don't need it. And then I got um, cystic acne all through my chin and like up uh, near my cheeks. And I'm like, how did I get acne all of a sudden? Couldn't put two and two together. Had no idea until I read Jolene Brighton's book uh, about uh, post-birth control syndrome. And I was like, oh, you don't just stop taking birth control one day? That's weird. And the way she explained it, and maybe you can explain it too, because I think that this is so interesting, is just like a lot of times um, birth control basically like suppresses your true like hormones, right? Like it kind of like puts a Band-Aid over them. And when you take the um birth control off like our body just doesn't shoot back up and like know how to connect again like i i believe it's like it can take up to like nine months or even a year for your hormones to connect back to like your brain and have everything working kind of in sync is that does that sound about right it also depends on like the length of time someone's on the pill because i wasn't even on it that long like i was on it for like three years and compared to a lot of people that is not long I've worked with clients who've been on it for 15 years 20 years like 
30 years of being on a pill. And so it takes, your body's not just going to bounce back in a day or a week or a month from that. And I know um, what Dr. Jolene Brighton says is like for every, which I don't know how accurate that is, but for every um, year you're on birth control, like give it a month. So if you're on birth control for like 30 years, maybe give it like a good two, three years for your hormones to get back into the flow of things. Um, but yeah, I think like the reason I just wanted to mention that is because I, and I'm not like trying to be anti pill or like shame anyone for being on medication. That's not at all what I'm trying to do. It's just like, we should be educated on the on the side effects like that that's a conversation that's with you know what you're getting yourself into yeah that's it just like be aware and if you're still like yeah for all the reasons i deserve to have or want to have birth control go for it just make like the informed decision and and also maybe support your body with these foods you know and still taking care of your gut health it's not like if you go on it it's not a death sentence so many people feel like they need to be on it and we fully support that but there's so many things you can do take care of your body your stress levels you know everything we talk about that will put you in in a really good position as well for better health but actually talking about being informed and then making an informed decision there is one last thing i do want to ask about recently you've been on a no caffeine journey um and so the idea my thought process with caffeine is like if you want to drink it like i do coffee um at least kind of just know maybe how it can affect your body and maybe just talk about uh your journey with no caffeine right now which we love following i've been like what what's been happening and it's like Honestly, I have had like a very strange relationship to caffeine my whole life. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's like because I have ADHD, like I really like that stimulation. And for a really long time, I'm like, this is how I turn on my brain. Like, this is how I make this work. Um, And so like in my like late teens, early 20s, I got really addicted to pre-workout and energy drinks. Oh, boy. And that was like a bad rabbit hole to to fall into it was like I was dry scooping like the Alani new pre-workout before (laughs) I went to the gym like it was not good yeah and then I would like leave the gym and then go to Dunkin and get like a large cold like heavily abusing caffeine so for me to say like oh I'm cutting out caffeine a lot of people are like I could never do that like I can I was that person that said I could never do it Mm. because I was straight up addicted um but the reason I did it was like mostly intuitively. Like I, I know there is science to support like, yeah, it can lead to anxiety. And for me, it really like made my anxiety worse, but it was mostly like an intuitive decision. Like I just don't feel good when I'm drinking it. Um, this might sound a little like woo woo too, but I had a dream where like, I was told to cut it out. Like this is leading to your acne. I was like, I love that. I'm gonna listen to that. Heck yes. <laughs> that's that's like extra it. intuitive. We yeah. love a, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. But it's like, I think your body talks to you, like d- dialing into your intuition, like going back to that whole conversation. I've made like a lot of health decisions based on that. And everyone's like, what's the science behind like, why you cut it out? It's, it was an truly an intuitive decision. And, mm-hmm. um, I've been off of it. Well, I went cold Turkey for a month. And then I kind of like dabbled with maybe having like a decaf, like on the weekends for the second month. And now I'm like at two and a half months in, I'm pretty sure. I think I'm like two or three months in. Um, 
but what I've noticed is just like my, I had really bad, like hormonal cystic acne. Almost all of it is cleared up. My skin's not perfect, but it's almost all gone. And my gut health has improved. I know. I feel like on one of your Instagram stories, one of you guys were talking about this, like yeah. boob pain. Before yes. That's me. That was me. <laughs> yes. It's I, cause <laughs> I just really quickly for everyone who didn't see it, I have had, it's been extra lately. Like it has been brutal. And, and boy, have I heard about it. And I connected, <laughs> I, I connected it and it could be a couple other things. You never, you know, maybe a little more stress in my life, things like that. But I was like, I all of a sudden just started drinking coffee, which I never used to do. And all of a sudden I was drinking so much more caffeine. And next thing you know, I'm like, I don't feel right around my period. I'm like this, something's off. So then I did no caffeine and I'm back to decaf, which I know still has like a subtle hint, I guess. I don't know if, if we're going really into the details, but, um, and it's definitely improved that. Um, and honestly, caffeine has made me feel horrible my whole life. So I've actually always really tried to stay away from it, but that acne thing with you and have you had boob issues like that? No, been- oh. <laughs> my, it's very relevant because yeah. my, period starts in like a day and usually this is the time this is like i hope it's not too tmi oh my god no no such thing no no not on that talk (laughs) (laughs) but like my boobs would hurt so bad like the day two days before my period like it was painful and that's like non-existent so i think it just goes to show too like different people tolerate things differently like my my boyfriend can have caffeine he like doesn't have anxiety doesn't have gut issues like he's fine for right. me it's a trigger so it just goes to show like with everything if you're sitting here and you're thinking like is caffeine good for Hashimoto's is it good for hypothyroidism should I drink this if I have a hormonal imbalance no one can answer that except for you yeah we have science that like may point to the fact like yeah caffeine can absolutely exacerbate pms symptoms like tender breasts painful periods things like that mm-hmm. but like most of these decisions you have to just listen to the data your body is giving you and then play around with it yep yep i love that Amen. That's awesome. Yeah, this is this has been incredible. I mean, like I want to sit and talk talk for hours, but um, I think we would have some people drop off. Right. So we're just gonna have to we're gonna have to bring you back on and and dive deeper into birth control um, yeah. and kind of just explore more because I'm sure there's so many people that are like, wait, I want to know more about this, and we this, want this. so we want Jolene Bright. Could you imagine if we did like a little panel situation? I mean, that would be so fun. I would let's fan like, let's manage manifest it I yeah really fan <laughs> imagine jill doesn't fangirl over any celebrity jolene brighton comes on and she's like i'm your biggest fan LeBron James <laughs> right. walks, down, walks down the street i'm like sure right. whatever jolene brighton i'm like i literally can't have a picture <laughs> right. please have a picture. <laughs> like, it's uh, like the coachella of gut health <laughs> right something like and hormonal that. health yeah um no this has been incredible thank you so much for coming on yeah. i know we talked about your socials but you have TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. Um, and are those where we should send people? Yeah, that's that's perfect. And okay. my handle on both of those is just like heal dot with dot fifi. It's the same. Online. Perfect. Yeah. And the your um your program, what you do, thyroid yeah. meals for her. If anyone wants to work with you. Yeah. Uh, give us the details. Yeah. So I run an eight week small group program and essentially it walks you through like for you guys wanting the step-by-step, it walks you through 
all of the pillars in, in um, this like framework I've created for thyroid health. So how we talked about gut health tonight, like that's probably the biggest focus of that mm-hmm. program. Um, your thyroid, especially if you have an autoimmune condition, like that's intimately related to your gut health. Um, we cover like liver health, adrenal health, regulating your blood sugar, um, correcting any nutritional deficiencies, um, reducing inflammation. So all of those things through diet and lifestyle, and that program, um, I'm open. I don't know when this podcast is airing, but it, it's opening up in February. Okay. Yeah. It's actually this it's Tuesday. So okay. Okay. yeah, <laughs> perfect timing. Love <laughs> I love it. Well, this has been so incredible. So thank you for, thank you for, for joining us. Me. Yeah. A, one of the first, the OGs of the gut talk <laughs> yeah. interview. We so love thank it. Thank you so much. And I'm sure you will be back soon, but for now, follow at heal with fifi um i'm sure this is going to resonate with so many people and Uh, yeah let us know your thoughts dm us follow heal with fifi yeah and if you start asking questions then we can bring bring it back on and um kind of dive deeper part two yeah incredible thank you thank you